You are listening to a sermon from Covenant Hope Church. Thank you for engaging with us. If you would like more information about our church family, please visit www.covenanthope.church. We pray that this sermon encourages and challenges you today. Well, good morning, Covenant Hope. If you have a Bible, grab it and turn to the book of 2 Timothy. Guest, my name is Cody. I'm one of the pastors here and have the opportunity to open up the scriptures for us regularly and love to do so this morning, as we have finished the Advent season, we're going to take a couple weeks to focus on priorities uh, as we start the year of 2024. If you are a guest this morning, we're going to walk through books of the Bible together because we want to know what God has to say and focus our time together here in His words. Why we call it preaching is because we want uh, God's word to be central to our worship gathering. And if you don't have a Bible, You can grab one of those black hardcover Bibles in front of you and turn to page 1056 to follow along with us. And if you do not have a Bible, please take that Bible and take it home uh, to be yours. We'd love for you to have it as a gift from us. We want you to have your own copy of God's Word. The Bible is not an option. It's necessary. You cannot grow spiritually strong without it. That's a quote from the late, great Billy Graham, the evangelist who preached all across our country. He said that the Bible is not an option. It is necessary, and we cannot grow without it. We will not be able to grow spiritually as God would desire us to. This morning, we're going to focus our time here in 2 Timothy on God's Word, both the doctrine that we believe about God's Word, but also how it practically uh, should fit in our lives, how we submit our lives to it and give give ourselves and our priority to it. This week and next week, we're going to talk about, one, prioritizing God's Word this morning, next week, prioritizing evangelism as we go into 2024 But this morning, we want to focus centrally, we must start with God's Word. And now, you you may read your Bible faithfully, you may may spend time studying it, but do we actually know what the Bible says about itself and what it proclaims to be? Do we understand it to be God's Word? Do we understand it to be authoritative in our lives? lives that when it says something we must do it and we don't get to change it by uh, the winds of culture or anything like that but we say what does the bible say and how do we follow it and so this morning as we walk through second timothy chapter three these few verses here's what we're going to see in our text paul commands timothy to continue in the scriptures because they point to salvation and provide instruction for the christian life Now, if you're a disciple today, you've called the name of Jesus, what are you to do? We must prioritize the scriptures because they are inspired by God for our benefit and growth. We must prioritize the scriptures because they are inspired by God for our benefit and growth. Our passage this morning is a beautiful passage and one of the most important passages on the Bible and on the doctrine of Scripture. That is what we believe about the Bible. And we don't just come to the Bible for advice, but we come to it as God's Word, meaning that we must submit our lives to it. It isn't just some ancient book of writings. We believe that God actually said these words. And here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 
it gives us reasons why we can trust it and why we can hold on to it and why it is good for us. So as we start this morning, I want us to look here at verses 14 and 15. They're going to help us focus our time together. They're going to help us focus around God's word. So look there at verse 14 again. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe. You know that those who taught you and you know those that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So the main point this morning is that we should prioritize God's word. We must prioritize God's word. Look there at, back at verse 14. Paul gives a command to continue. To continue or remain. Maybe press on in what Timothy has learned. It's this idea of continuing or prioritizing all the things that Timothy has learned from the scriptures. Timothy has learned from these sacred scriptures, Paul says. Literally what that means is the holy scriptures. Paul is connecting them to God, as we'll see in just a moment. If they are holy, they are holy because God is holy. Timothy has known these scriptures since he was a young boy. And he was taught these scriptures by his his grandmother and his mother, who Paul uh, refers to in other parts of his letters to Timothy. But he's also been taught the scriptures by Paul and others. And so Paul is encouraging Timothy to continue in the scriptures and in what he firmly believed. What he firmly believed, that Timothy has been convinced of what he believes about God, Jesus Christ, and the way of salvation through the scriptures. He's embraced the scriptures as true and reliable. And Paul says, continue in holding that conviction. And now these sacred scriptures in which Timothy believes in, Paul says, are able to make someone wise for salvation. The scriptures contain the ability to point us to salvation. That is the way of salvation. But the instruction in the scriptures do not bring salvation in and of themselves. They're not just a list of do's and don'ts that that get you into heaven. The Bible points to salvation. It does not automatically bring it to you if you read it. But they are able to reveal salvation to us. That in salvation is in Jesus Christ. The scriptures point to Jesus. The scriptures hold up the Messiah, the creator of the world, who would stretch out his arms on the cross and had been born of a virgin and give his life for us, which we just celebrated over these past few weeks. Back in Luke 24, Jesus, as he, after his resurrection, he, he meets two uh, men as they're on the way to Emmaus, and he begins to explain the scriptures. And what does Jesus say? Everything concerning himself. The Bible points to salvation that comes by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the object of our faith. He is who saves us. Church, although we hold out the priority and the authority of the scriptures, they point to Jesus. The Bible cannot save you. The things in here cannot save you. But the Bible does point you to the one who can save you. And that is Jesus. 
Now, if you're a Christian today, you probably realize the reason you sh- should prioritize the Bible in your everyday life. But maybe, maybe you're a young believer. Maybe you're not a Christian today. And you're like, hey, why should I prioritize the Bible in my life? Well, these next three, or next two verses, actually, they give us three reasons for us to prioritize the Bible, God's Word, in our lives. So if we're going to prioritize it, why should we? Well, number one, if you're taking notes, it, it is perfect. It is perfect. Look there at verse 16. All Scripture is inspired by God. Now, in, in total Paul fashion, he's given Timothy a command, and he just, he just stops. And let me just, the reason I'm telling you to continue is, but let me show you how beautiful these Scriptures are. And so Paul encourages him and he explains the scriptures that we should understand that the scriptures here, all scriptures, would be the Old Testament for Paul. Paul doesn't have the contained New Testament yet, but he does have the Old Testament. And for us, though, for Timothy, even the letters, as Peter would say, Paul's writings are scripture that we take the whole Bible as God's word. And Paul says that scripture is inspired by God. Now, if you're using the CSB, it translates the word here as inspired, but the literal word would be God breathed. That Paul says that scripture is God breathed, that they were literally breathed out by God, that they are a result of God's action. As we've been in the book of Genesis this year, we've seen when God speaks, something happens. And it's the same thing with his word, that he has given us his word. This Bible that we read and preach from every week is God's word. This is Paul's main point. Timothy should continue in the scriptures and we should prioritize the scriptures because they are from God. Now church, we believe that the Bible is perfect because it is God's word. It comes from him through human writers like its prophets and and apostles. And as a church, we affirm a statement that's called the Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy. That we believe that what I just said is that the Bible is perfect. And so let me read a summary. I'm going to read this to you. I think it's important that I can point you to the resource if you need it. That these statements help us understand what we believe about the Bible. Number one, God who is himself truth and speaks truth only has inspired Holy Scripture in order thereby to reveal himself to the lost like mankind through Jesus Christ as creator and Lord, redeemer and judge. Holy Scripture is God's witness to himself. The Bible reveals himself to us. Number two, Holy Scripture being God's own word, written by men, prepared and supernaturally intended by his spirit, is of infallible divine authority in all matters upon which it touches. It is to be believed as God's instruction in all that it affirms. It is to be obeyed as God's command in all that it requires. It is to be embraced as God's pledge in all of its promises. Number three, the Holy Spirit, the Scripture's divine author, both authenticates it to us by his inward witness and opens our minds to understand its meaning. The Apostle Peter, in his second letter, wrote this, Above all, as you know this, no prophecy of Scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Literally, the Holy Spirit was helping these writers write down God's word. Number four, 
Being holy and verbally God-given, Scripture is without error or fault in all its teachings. No less than what it states about God's acts in creation, about the events of world history, and about its own literary origins under God. Than in its witness to God's saving grace in individual lives. And fifth and finally, the authority of the scriptures is inescapably impaired if it is total divine inerrancy is any way limited or disregarded or made relative to any view of truth contrary to the Bible's own view of truth. And such lapses bring serious loss to both the individual and the church. So that fifth one says if we begin to redefine truth as subjective or that we can have our own truth, then the Bible would then lose its authority. And so we say that, no, there is one final truth, that truth comes from God, and particularly the Bible is true because God is truth. Church, we believe that the Bible is a supreme authority when it comes to faith. That is what we believe. It is also the supreme authority in practice. That is how we live. It tells us our doctrine and it tells us how we should act. We believe every single word of this Bible is true. That it's inspired by God. There are no errors. And it is authoritative for us in our lives. This is why we should prioritize it. Because it's God's word and because it is perfect and fallible for us. But we should also prioritize God's word, number two, because it is profitable. It is profitable. Look back there at verse 16. We'll finish the verse. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness. Since the Bible is God's word and it's from him and about him, it is absolutely useful for those who would follow Christ. The Bible is our supreme authority because it is from God and it's good for us. Paul says that all scripture is inspired and profitable that is useful it has practical benefit for his people it has practical benefit for us to live godly lives the bible is relevant for us today even thousands of years later right again the apostle peter says the word of the lord endures forever not just that it is it is going to be maintained but that it actually is helpful and useful for us And Paul goes on and he explains how is it useful? How is it profitable for us? He gives four ways in which it's profitable. Number one is teaching. It provides instructions to us as God's people. Its main aim is to lead us into salvation in Jesus Christ, but also provides instructions on right doctrine, on what we should believe about God. It protects us from false teaching. Which, if you look back in the letter, Paul's been addressing that to Timothy. That is a huge problem in the churches, in the church at Ephesus, in which he was, Timothy is now ministering. It protects us from these false doctrines. And, church, let me be very clear there's no threat to the gospel. The gospel cannot be threatened, Jesus cannot be threatened, God cannot be thwarted. We don't have to worry. Whatever comes, to us in 2024, whatever happens around the world, maybe more wars, maybe famine, maybe the loss of your job, nothing is going to threaten the gospel. Now, although it may not be threatened, we must not be fooled into thinking that we cannot be threatened. So what I mean by that is we need to make sure we have the right gospel. We need to make sure that we understand it and its implications 
Because false doctrine would lead us away from God, away from his gospel, and away from the church. The scriptures, and rightly, being rightly interpreted, provide right teaching to protect us from false doctrine. I've shared this illustration with you before, but to remind you, back in the day, they used to t- take police officers when the counting fit rings were so widespread, they would take them and they'd put them in a, in a room with one light and with lots of, of money. And you would think, well, they're going to train them to see counterfeit money. They're going to look at counterfeit money and, and start to realize what is counterfeit. But that's not what they would do. They would put them in a room with money that was real money, that had been stamped by the treasury, that it looked right, it smelled right, it was right, every detail was right. And so they would study the right money so that if they come across counterfeit money, they would instantly know, this is fake, this has been counterfeited. The same thing is true for us, church. We shouldn't just go around looking at false doctrine. We should look at the Bible and we should see it and read it and study it and have it help shape us. That's what it does. It provides teaching and instruction for us. So we must know the Bible. We must know it personally. You must know it. We must preach it and study it. Remember, Psalm 119 says that we used to hide God's word in our hearts so that we might not sin against God. Secondly, though, it's for rebuking. Rebuking, that's a word we may not often like. It means to reprove or to correct doctrinal error. It is good for us to sit under preaching. This is why I am thankful, although I get to preach most regularly, I get to sit under good preaching from Pastor Ryan or other qualified and Uh, men who are able to preach God's word to us. This is good for our hearts. That we center good preaching and teaching. We have opportunities in our equip hour for us to learn the Bible and learn good doctrine so that false doctrine can be rebuked. But then thirdly, it's for correcting. Now this means to set right. Think of when when you break your arm, you put it in a cast, literally you're to, you're to set it right where it needs to be so it can actually heal. This, this correction is for, for life, for how you live, for your conduct. As followers of Christ, our beliefs aren't just something that we hold personally or corporately. They motivate us to live a certain way. If we believe something, then it should cause us to live a certain way. The Bible helps us Live and graciously correct each other when we may fall into sin or be tempted to live another way. Let me also provide a gentle point of application here. If you read the Bible and you're never convicted or corrected, it always just confirms what you think and what you say, I'm not sure you're truly reading the Bible. Although that's not fun to come to the Bible and to, and to be corrected and to be rebuked, but it is right and good for us. If you come on Sunday mornings and you're never convicted about what God is doing in your life, then are you truly listening to what God is saying through his word? We must be humble and teachable and come to God's word ready to listen and ready for his guidance. Fourthly, though, It is for training in righteousness. That is to to produce a conduct worthy of the gospel. Not just the need to be corrected, but that the scriptures help us live right. They train us to live rightly. 
Paul said in his first letter to Timothy. He said, for the training of the body has some limited benefit. All of us in the room who want to work out more and eat better and, and, and run you know, miles during the year of 2024, those are good. All great things, you should do that. I think you should take care of your body. But Paul says what's more important is godliness, since it holds promise for the present life, but also for the life to come. When we submit our lives to Scripture, then we are actively setting our lives underneath the Scripture as a, like, like a workout plan. The Bible shows us how we are to live and to form good habits, as Paul told us earlier. That we actually come here and are trained to live out in the gospel. So let me ask, church, what do you personally believe about the Bible? We have a statement of faith. I've shared with you what we believe. But what do you believe about the Bible? Is it just something that you encounter on Sunday mornings? Or do you truly see the need for it in your life to know God to know how to be saved and how to live a few years ago I was uh, working uh, in an office and we had a transition uh, in our our leadership of the office and as as our new bosses kind of came on board they were trying to learn our jobs and they said hey we want you to do an inventory for a week of all the tasks and all the meetings and all the things that you do and so they printed us out this, uh, it's like eight hour uh, list and every 30 minutes and we'd have to write down, hey, I had a meeting with this person or I, I completed this task or I answered emails or I made phone calls or whatever it may have been. And I, I submitted that uh, to my new boss and he got to look at what was I doing and how was, how was my time being used. If I gave you that same piece of paper and said, Write down all the things you do in a day. How often would God's word or something associated with God's word be on that sheet of paper? Would it be something that sticks out to me, to you, to others? Or would it be maybe hidden on one line? Do we prioritize God's word? Church, we must give ourselves to God's word. It's very simple, actually. You see, there's a, a small equation, simple math equation. We take our stated belief plus our actual action, and we get our actual belief. So if we say we believe this to be God's word and we don't read it, what are we really saying? At the very minimum, that it's not really useful for us. Or maybe we're saying that we don't actually think it's God's word. The church, may we be encouraged and challenged to prioritize God's word in the year of 2024. I also, church, I want to, to challenge us. We hold up the authority of the Bible. I don't want you to be fooled into believing that your interpretation of the Bible is authoritative. Because we can get things wrong. And so what we have to do is we have to let Scripture interpret Scripture. And then we have to, let help, we have to read the Bible with others. Our church family. We must read the Bible in community that people can help make sure that we hold on to right doctrine so we don't get, on, get off by ourselves and we begin to have false beliefs about the Bible. So we should read the Bible together, not just personally. You should absolutely read the Bible personally, but you should also read the Bible together with other people, your family. You should look at church history and see how God's people throughout history have, have read and understood God's word. It helps sharpen us. It helps 
helps us hold right beliefs. So if you're, you're struggling, hey, look, I've, you know, I've not really prioritized God's word this past year. I, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Well, simply start by reading and, it, and sharing that with your spouse, sharing with other people in this room, with, with me and Pastor Ryan. We would love to hear about what you are reading, how God is shaping you through your time in God's word. For our church, though, read the Bible. Share it with your missional community. Share it with your discipleship groups. Share it with the people that you serve. And we begin to sharpen one another by, by means in which God is using his word to make us holy. So church, our, our view of the Bible is important because we believe it is profitable for us. We should prioritize the Bible because it is perfect and because it's profitable. But we should also prioritize God's word because it is purposeful. The Bible is purposeful. Look there at verse 17. Paul says, So that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. There's a reason that God's word is perfect and profitable. That so that, in verse 17, reveals the Bible's purpose. That God gave the scriptures to help accomplish his plan for his people. And that plan is for us to be complete, equipped for every good work. That we may live the Christian life well. And this use of this phrase, the man of God, could be understood specifically to Timothy so that he feels the weight and emphasis of this command. But also it can be general to the reader like you and me. So any person, male or female, pastor or church member, can be complete and equipped through the Bible. Any person can be enabled to meet the requirements that God places on them. Any person, whether you're in pastoral or vocational ministry or desire that, or whether you don't, you can be well-equipped, complete for the Christian life. Now, let me take a moment just to say, I know there are, there are young men in this room who aspire to the, to the office of pastor who want to serve in vocational ministry. What I need you to understand is the importance of this verse. Both for your own life and for your ministry, but also for the people you will serve one day. God's word must be the foundation by which you build your life and build your ability to minister to other people. We cannot minister to one another or minister to people outside of the power of God's word. And so church, I pray that as we continue to raise up people, raise you up, that you will be strengthened, equipped by God's word. But also, look there, notice the purpose here. It's to accomplish God's plan to equip the believer. It's this idea of being fully equipped. And notice here, that's something that's being done to us. You're not doing this. You're joining God, but God is the one through his spirit and through his word equipping you. To look more like his son. The word of God is powerful. Let me remind you with Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the division of soul and of spirit. Of joints and marrow. And discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is powerful. It is able to help equip us to live rightly. The Bible is perfect. And it equips us. But what does it equip us for? Look there. For every good work. God, good works are something that Paul talks about 
often. Paul isn't just saying that we should uh, be saved through good works. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that we are saved to do good works. See the difference there. He's already explained that salvation comes through Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ. But once you are saved, you now can actually live out good works. They are the result of salvation. Think of Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 2. Paul explains that salvation comes by by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ for good works. There is a result to your salvation. We don't just get to sit on the sidelines. We're called to live out the gospel together. And consider Luke 11, 28, when Jesus says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. This is what we're called to. Not because we're trying to earn salvation or earn God's love. No, God has demonstrated his love to you in Christ. He's offered salvation to you only through Christ. Nothing, no work of your own. But when you are saved, now you have the opportunity to demonstrate God's power. You have the the opportunity to show God's might in your life by living out the gospel and living out the commands of Scripture. And church, we must be reminded that as we think about being equipped for good works, the Bible is not about us. The Bible is primarily about God. It's a story about Him and what He's done through salvation And out of that, God is making us into the image of his son. So that if you have professed faith in Jesus Christ this morning, God's plan is for you to look more like Jesus. God's plan is for you to walk in holiness. God's plan is for you to look exactly how he wants you to look. Don't be fooled into thinking that this Bible is about you. Because when we do, we begin to turn our eyes inward and not outward towards God, others, or the Bible. We, church, prioritize the Scriptures because they are inspired by God for our benefit and our growth. We see that they are, they are perfect, they're profitable, and they're purposeful. I pray that as a church family, we're going to prioritize God's Word together this coming year. And so there are a few ways in which we want to do that as we start 2024. So A couple things. How will Covenant Hope prioritize God's word in 2024? We've clearly seen the importance of it. But what does it look like in our everyday lives? What does it look like for you and me and our church to prioritize God's word? Well, number one, we're going to continue to preach through books of the Bible. That's not going to change. We're going to preach God's word. So this coming year, we're going to finish the book of Genesis when we come back In a few weeks, we're going to start back in chapter 37 in the life of Joseph and finish the book of Genesis. After that, we're going to start the book of Galatians, which is a beautiful follow-up to the story of Genesis. Paul actually builds his argument in the book of Galatians on the life of Abraham. It's going to be a fantastic way to continue there. And then we're going to end the year in the book of Exodus. And so right now, you know, hey, this is where we're going as a church. So we're going to preach the books of the Bible And then we are going to hold the Bible up every single week. So we're going to continue to preach the Bible. Number two, though, which is really important practically for us, we're going to start or restart a church-wide Bible reading plan. We've had these in the past, and we kind of went away from that for a couple years. But we want to do this together. We want a church-wide Bible reading plan. So this next year, we're going to read through the entire Old Testament together. 
We're going to read through the entire Old Testament. It's just two or three chapters a day. Next year, in 2025, we're going to read through all the New Testament together. Now, some of you, I know that you're used to reading through the Bible uh, through the, in the year. So that's obviously more scripture every day. And if you want to do that, you can just tack on the New Testament reading and read alongside. That way we're reading the Old Testament together. The way we're going to do this, though, is that there is an actual app. It's the Bible app. Most of you actually probably already have this app on your phone. It's by Uversion. You're able to download this app if you don't have it. And you're able to go see that we have a church page with a Bible reading plan. And you can go. Don't do it yet, please. I want you to focus as we finish here. But you can go to this app and you can look at the Bible reading plan. And you can start it tomorrow on January 1st. And it will give us the plan together for the rest of the year. And what's really cool about that is you can go in and you can, you can choose Covenant Hope as your church. You'll be able to do that. We're going to send you links to be able to do that. You can get the, the plan itself and you can read through it and, and read it together. But also what it does, let's say you're going to read a few other things. You want to study something particularly. Maybe you're going, to, you're going to read the Old Testament, but you're going to study a book in the New Testament. Well, every chapter that is read by us Together, if you mark Covenant Hope as your church, it will tell us how many chapters of the Bible we read together in the year of 2024. And I think it's going to be a wonderful thing to look back here in a year and think, how many chapters of the Bible did we read together? How much time did we give to God's Word together? We're going to be able to track that. So we're going to start a Bible reading plan through the Old Testament in the year of 2024. We'll give you more instructions. We're going to send an email out about those things. That way you can have that. If, you, if you're not a tech person, and you're like, I don't have a phone at all somehow uh, in, in this year, then there's, we do have some printed ones out in the back for you. And it's printed, has all the days and all the right scriptures for you to follow along with us. We want you to prioritize that. So you, your excuse can't be, well, I don't, I don't download new apps or I don't have a smartphone. We've got it printed out right back there for you to join with us. But we also, we want to incorporate these readings into everything we do. Okay, so we want to, we want to actually talk about it. We want, we want these, these uh, passages that we read to come up on Sunday morning. We want them to come up in our missional communities. Which, by the way, let me also, as an aside, say, commit yourself to a missional community this year. This is where God's word and God's community, God's people begin to really, you see growth happen there where we take what God has done in us and together we take that community and engage our world. So I want you to commit to that. But commit to sharing about what you're reading with those in your missional community. Write down the questions. Shoot someone a text or shoot your whole group a text. And say, hey, I'm reading this. Help me understand. Or, hey, I saw this point. Encourage each other through God's word. Maybe you're in a discipleship group that has been started over this last year. Share with your group how the Lord is working through these passages. Ultimately, church, number three, ultimately what we want to do is we want to seek by the Lord's grace to love the Lord through obedience. That when we read the Bible, it isn't just something we talk about or something we read, but we do it. And that we respond to it. That we actually are changed by it. That's our hope this year at Covenant Hope. We prioritize God's word that through the word and through God's spirit, we're going to be brought to look more like Jesus together. And I hope and pray you're going to prioritize it. I've got the, I've got the app downloaded myself. I'm ready to go. We've got it printed for you. Please prioritize it 
we want you to take it seriously. And I know that for some of you, you, you love that check mark. You're going you're gonna to check right off of those things. You're going to love watching the app do that for you. And there are going to be days you're going to get behind. And then you're going you're gonna to feel discouraged. This is not in any way a way for us to guilt us into reading the Bible. It's just a way to keep us accountable. So if you miss a day, it's okay. Keep going. If you miss a week, jump in where you're supposed to be. Don't feel like you have to catch up. Read the Bible, and if you begin to make that habit every single day, then I, I believe that you will experience spiritual growth this year. I can't promise you that because I'm not God, but I've never seen someone prioritize Bible reading and praying the Bible and not grow in their spiritual walk with Jesus. And so I believe that you will grow in that. So if you fall behind over the next month, two months, when we get to the book of Leviticus, press on. It's okay. We're all going to be falling asleep together. I'm just kidding. But seriously, we want to prioritize that. And if you fall behind, let's encourage each other to push forward. By the way, Leviticus is a beautiful book. If you have questions, we'd love to help you walk through that as well. And we have, there's actually videos and things that are going to help you uh, in the app. We're going to share those as well on social media and in our emails that will help you understand these books and give some physical anchors to walking through that Bible together. I'm really excited about doing this with you this year. And church, as we, we come to a close, maybe you're a follower of Christ and you've You've heard about him. You've heard about the gospel. You know what he's done for you. But you heard that through the Bible. That anyone who shared the gospel with you, it came from the Bible. That the Bible points to Jesus. It culminates in him. As I said earlier, it is about him. The Bible tells us of a good world that God created. We, just, we were in the book of Genesis back in January. But humanity sinned and rebelled against him. And when sin entered into the world, it began to pervert and break and to turn things against God and turn things against us. And sin now has ravaged the world through disobedience. And sin, therefore, separates us from God. But the Bible tells us the story of what God did to restore us back to himself. That he sent his own son through a virgin who had lived a perfect life would offer his life on the cross. That he would, he would pay for our sins, thereby being able to offer us forgiveness. But not only that, not only did he offer us forgiveness and pay for our sins, when he was buried, he was raised three days later, being vindicated and showing his power over sin and death, thereby able to not just forgive you of your sins, but to actually make you righteous, declare you righteous before God. That's the story of the Bible. That's why we read it, because we find salvation through this story. And it is God's story where we, we get to connect our stories. And so if you're a believer today, you, you know the gospel because of the Bible, because of the scriptures. The Bible says in Romans 10, verse 9, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Maybe you're not a Christian this morning. Maybe you're not ready to submit your life to Jesus. If you're not there, one, I would pray that you would give your life to Jesus and, and experience the beauty and the wonder of, of knowing that your God loves you and has done everything right to save you. But maybe you're not there yet. 
So could you give me one thing? Could you say, I'm going to commit to reading the Bible this year? I'm going to read the Bible and see what this whole thing is about. You see, I'm going to be up front with you. I think if you read the Bible, I think God's going to reveal himself to you because it's his word. And I think God will begin to work on you. I believe it's powerful and it will point you to Jesus. Church, I pray that we will prioritize God's word this year. Watch what it does in our lives. Watch what it does in the lives of people around us. Because when the Bible changes us, it flows outward. I am excited about prioritizing God's word. Will you join me? Will you join us? Will you commit to prioritizing God's word this year? Pray with me. God in heaven, we proclaim a beautiful gospel that you saved us through your son. We have that good news, though, God, through your word that, yes, there was someone who told us about this gospel because they had experienced it and had read about it in your word. And I pray that we will be people of your word, that we will prioritize it this year. God, when there are times we get discouraged and we don't make the priority that day, would you, would you give us perseverance to press forward and to read and, to, and to, to get to know you and get to know what you've done? God, would you help us as a church prioritize it in a way that would be uh, beautiful and not this weight of guilt, but to, to experience the beauty of your word and experience its transforming power. God, this year, I pray for our church that we would be a church that sees the, the fruit of prioritizing your word, whether it's fruit in our own lives or fruit in other people's lives. God, I pray that you will help us prioritize your word this year. God, would you give us grace when we need to be corrected, when we need to be instructed? Would you give us humility when we need to to correct uh, a fellow brother or sister? Will you help us grow in godliness, train us to look more like Jesus? God, at the end of this year, I pray that our church is more equipped and more complete for every good work that you have in front of us. God, we love you. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus and by the power of your spirit. Amen.